The following production is part of the We Be Geeks Podcast Collective. Network. For more Red 5 Network podcasts, visit red5network.com. Produced with podcasting gear from Tascam. Trust your audio to Tascam. Sound thinking. Discover your geeky haven with Twink.com. We've been delivering you the best products and all things pop culture for more than 20 years. Enjoy a wide selection of officially licensed merch from your favorite fandoms. We carry top brands from Disney, Funko, Marvel, and DC, Star Wars, Harry Potter, and much, much more. We also offer an array of exclusives that you won't find anywhere else. With all these collectible goods, you're definitely going to need a bigger boat. Use code WINGEEKS15 for 15% off your order. Forgive the interruption, but I believe this requires your attention. Meanwhile, at the above-ground underwater suborbital volcano lair... This is urgent. We need a response team. We're already putting together the best move. With all due respect, sir, so am I. I have a plan. <laughs> it's real! Mighty Marvel Geeks. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. No, no, no. We're a chemical mixture that makes chaos. We're, we're a time bomb. Well then, son, you've got a condition. Your show about all things Marvel with Mike, Kylan, and Eric. What a bunch of losers. I am Groot. That I did know. These people may be isolated, unbalanced even, but I believe with the right push, we can be exactly what we need. Suit up. I'm bringing the party to you. I have indeed been uploaded, gentlemen, online and ready. And welcome to another issue of Mighty Marvel Geeks. We are the intrepid trio. Uh, These guys are my Will Smith to my Chris Rock. Oh, oh my gosh. No, you did. Oh, slap. I mean, snap. (laughs) (laughs) You actually went there. No, you did. He did. He did. Hey. I was going to say Entourage. I was going to say wingman. I was even going to consider using the word posse. Yeah, but you know, you had to go. Mm, mm, I mm. call it like I see it. Where, where we were, we are just as staged as that was. (laughs) (laughs) Mm -hmm. Oh boy. Uh-huh. And the the only Oscars I've been paying attention to this week is last named Isaac. Yeah. Well, I just think it's funny with all the different stories that have been coming out afterwards and seeing the video of the replay. It was a bit. If it was real, why did the Academy stop the police from arresting Will Smith? Because it was a bit. Well, and it's being My, built up for something else. The way I see it, it was a staged event that snowballed, and now they're just trying. It, nobody's going to admit it's staged at this point. No. Mm-hmm. Because, one, what's happening? We're talking about the Oscars for the first time in a while. Yeah. I, I mean, at this point, like I said, Nobody's going to admit to its stage, and I don't think we'll ever fully know the truth. No, no. But ultimately, it—I hate to say this—but ultimately, the truth just doesn't matter. It doesn't. It just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. It just doesn't matter. I wish I was able to use my other soundboard <laughs> because I have that drop on the um. My other soundboard. Yeah. Well, you're still more functional than I am tonight. <laughs> yes, I can. So name, I, I can name I, the character I, in the movie or the actor in the movie. It was Bill Murray in uh, Meatballs. <laughs> That's an underrated classic, you know. It is it an is. underrated classic. But no, folks. If if I sound a little weird tonight, if I sound a little off tonight, well, 
that's because my computer is being a little bit wonky after uh, storms moved through our area and played Mary Havoc with the power grid. And so the computer is recovering from a very schizophrenic episode last night in terms of you know being on and off, on and off. So, yeah, I'm having to rely on plan B, which is the tablet. Yay. Um, for me, I've had work on the house done. And I'm happy to report I have the computer up, but I'm at like 90% running or 99% running. I'm able to record. Everything's there. (laughs) Kylan, would you like to share any technical difficulties you might be experiencing tonight? Uh, Oddly enough, no technical difficulties. Um, Although we, we do have a new dog in the house, so... You know, he is still exploring everything. So I fully, there's this part of me who fully expects that he might decide that he wants to come and check in on daddy at some point. Um, maybe not, uh, but you know, we'll see. Yeah. Well, congratulations on being a yes. new fur daddy. Congrats. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, and um, we actually, he has a Marvel name. We, we've named him Rhodey. So like that. So not 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 necessarily because he's a war machine, but you know, the 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 funny thing is I wanted to name him McLean. Uh no, because well, I'm a huge diehard fan. Now when we got the dog, we 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 rescued the dog from uh the from the from animal control. The dog had been found next to a police station. And his name was Winslow. Now, before, before we even got this dog, I t- we, my wife and I are kicking around names. That's when I said, I like to name him McLean. And she goes, we're not naming a dog after Die Hard. And I'm like, well, and then the dog's name is Winslow. Yeah, and which, you know, that then he ended up become, I said, then his name could be Powell. Because Winslow, Carl Winslow, yep. Family Matters. Yes. Yes. Which I'm like, okay, so Winslow, who would be Powell, cop, diehard, and she goes, no. So then we went with um we we went with Rhodey. So there you go. (laughs) Hey how Winslow. (laughs) Did I do that? (laughs) (laughs) I'm sorry, I can't do a good Urkel, but Neither then, neither could Julia White. So, no, 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 no. Hi guys, how are you? <laughs> Did I do that? Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> oh. Our apologies if you came wanting to hear some Marvel talk and we're just doing bad Urkel impressions. <laughs> yeah, sorry, um, or not? I don't know. <laughs> but you never know what the show's going to entail, and neither true. do we. This is true. Um, so Moon Knight dropped this week and we're going to do our Crescent Memories as the recap each week of the of the show for the next six episodes. Issues. 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 As Speaking of issues, I wish y'all could have been a fly on the wall as we were chatting, trying to figure out what to call these recaps. Because Stephen Grant right. has issues. I was putting it mildly. That, that, that's really, that's an understatement. <laughs> so here is everything you need to know about Moon Knight before we get into the episodes, or this first episode, which was called The Goldfish Problem. Um, Moon Knight follows Stephen Grant, a mild-mannered gift shop employee who becomes plagued with blackouts and memories of another life. Stephen discovers he has dissociative identity disorder and shares a body with a mercenary, Mark Spector. As Stephen and Mark's enemies converge upon them, they must navigate their complex identities while thrust into a deadly mystery among the powerful gods of Egypt. And I do remember here, I think it was, I don't remember where I read it, but Oscar Isaac did say that Stephen slash Mark is Jewish, just like he is in the in the comics. Good. I mean, okay. that's important, you know? Yeah. Um, Moon Knight's stars Oscar Isaac, Ethan Hawke, and May Calmari. 
Mohammed Daib and the team of Justin Benson and Aaron Moorhead directed the episodes. Jeremy Slater is the head writer, and Kevin Feige, Louis D'Esposito, Victoria Alonso, Brad Winderbaum, Mohamed Diab, Jeremy Slater, and Oscar Isaac are executive producers. Grant Curtis, Trevor Watterson, and Rebecca Kirsch serve as co-executive producers. So, um, over on Marvel.com, there are a couple featurettes talking about the show. Uh, what else am I missing that people should know about Moon Knight before we get into the first episode? He's not a Batman ripoff. Yes. Now, where did that urban legend come from? That a lot, a lot of people just they they thought a lot of people don't fully understand Moon Knight. They just think that he's a rich guy with tech, and so he's a Batman ripoff. They don't know the the deeper aspects of the character, so they just that that's how that got started. See, to me, he would be more of a Batman meets Doctor Fate. Well, I mean, I, I agree. You know, he's uh he's you know, especially you know with his his tie to the Egyptian gods there may or may not be what's actually going on with him. Uh, and that that's something that that's the other thing, like we don't know exactly how much of this is actually real and how much of it is actually in his head. Right. Yeah, because I mean Pretty much the the whole the whole concept of the show is broke down in the trailer where you hear Oscar Isaac as Stephen going, "I can't tell the dis- I can't tell the difference between my waking thoughts and dreams." Right. Now, actually, I'll wait until we get into the discussing the show. Um, okay. I'm just trying to think the uh, the the multiple personalities. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're only seeing two. There are more, right. correct? Yes, there is a grand total of five. There is Stephen Grant, who we have seen. There is Mark Spector, who we have heard. There is Moon Knight. There is Mr. Knight. And then there's Jake Lockley, I think is the yes. guy's name. Uh-huh. Yeah. I, I forgot about Mr. Knight. Okay, yeah. Yeah. And we we have not seen Mr. Knight in an episode yet. Right. We've oh. seen him in posters. We've only seen one episode. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. We've not we've not seen Jake, we've not seen Mr. Knight, but we've seen the other seen or heard the other three. Mm-hmm. And this version of Stephen Grant is different from the comics thus far right because you know Stephen Grant was like I don't want to say rich playboy but you know he was he was a rich guy right right we don't know what the what this version of Stephen Grant we don't know how well off he is I mean right. he's got a rather large place in London right so he's got to be able it, He's, he, there's no way he can afford that on a gift shop salary. No. So true. I'm going to just go out on a limb here and say, yes, he's rich. And in his mind, in this identity, he works because he wants to. Right. And because he loves Egypt. Right. So it's kind of like me. I love animals. That would be like me getting rich and volunteering at the zoo. Right. I mean, because, and and that's something I was thinking about, too. Like, I was like, there is no way that, and it seems like it's not like he is a full-time job for him. And it doesn't seem like it's a full-time job that he's at the, no, no, at the gift shop. So I'm like, no, and he's in, not in downtown, downtown London, but that, that flat is pretty big. Yeah. It's, I, yeah, so I mean, that, the money comes that's from some high somewhere. rent real estate. May not the look money. it, but it is. Yes. And let's see if I remember. Okay, so Mark Spector is the mercenary. 
right. personality. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jake is, if I remember correctly, Jake is more like the face in a crowd, keep your he, ear to the ground, info gatherer. Right? Yeah, he was a taxi. Well, in the early comics, he was a taxi driver. I don't know if he if he's maintained that uh, in the more recent comics, but he was a taxi driver. Yeah. yeah. Mr. Knight is more like a freelance investigator, almost like a private eye, like a Sam Spade type who could mm-hmm. work who could work with authorities or work with individuals on the investigative side of things. And then there's Moon Knight, who is the flat-out vigilante beat up on somebody and as subtle as a falling anvil on the coyote. (laughs) So those are the five personalities that we know of for Moon Knight. Right. So uh, anything else we should know about Moon Knight? Moon Knight, or tell people about Moon Knight before we get into it? Um, He's been around for quite a while in the comics. Yes. Um, He, uh, he, no, he did start off, he first appeared in uh, Werewolf by Night. um, Which supposedly we may be getting in this series. Right. And then they, his, his origin has probably been rebooted more times than or retconned more times than in the Oscars. I, I can't think. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, cause, cause honestly, like it, they, 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 the writers do a really good job of explaining the retcons. So even though it's retconned, it still fits. Um, but then at the same time, uh, depending on, who was writing the character, um, you end up getting different explanations of his powers or if he even has powers. Um, yeah, because I remember in one iteration, his power uh, waxed and waned along with the moon. Right. Right. Like he was strongest on nights of a full moon and weakest mm-hmm. on nights of a new moon. Right. And then, but then some writers will come up and say, "Oh no, that's just something that that is in his head. Uh, you know, it's because he may because he's really not the the fist of Khonshu. He, you know, it's all in his head. But then other writers say, "No, no, you know, he actually is the avatar of this Egyptian moon god. You know, so it's." Actually, it makes it fun because you <laughs> just when you think you know the character, it changes. So, you know, if you're looking for a character that's constantly fresh, go with Moon Knight. <laughs> yeah, and, and it's funny because, you know, his all his various reboots and retcons, they just, they're like his, he has a, what do we call it, dissociative identity disorder. Mm-hmm. It's not just the character; it's the story. Yeah. Yes, I, I mean the the story. His story over the years is just as schizophrenic as he is as a character. Absolutely. <laughs> so it, it's kind of like you're you know, what what kind of Moon Knight are we getting this week? True. <laughs> and because so much of it is tied in with his psyche. None of it sounds hokey, at least not to me. No, no, no. I, I mean, cause I mean, like the whole thing, like, oh no, we got this, we got, we have this, uh, this hero, this vigilante, that you know, the phase, the phases of the moon control how powerful he really is. I'm like, wow. Okay, that's interesting. And like, oh, no, it's not. He's just crazy. He's not sure. You know, it, it, it's not really that way. And all of a sudden, it's, you know, it's, I, and then all of a sudden, it's, it's, oh, no, he really, he really is this, the avatar of, of this moon god. And then, you know, they're preparing for this battle, you know, on Earth. And so it's, 
I I love it. I I love it for all as crazy and different and off the rails as it is because it makes for great storytelling and it's worked for i mean the character is almost 50 years old almost right yeah. so and the thing is if so much of it it is in his mind if he believes he's really the fist of Khonshu, then he is or if he believes yeah. that his powers fade according to the phases of the moon well I mean, it's it's like power by association. Yes. It's the Popeye syndrome. He believes the spinach makes him strong, so it does. Yeah. <laughs> so aside from that, I can't think of anything else, you know, background information that one would need for Moon Knight. Great. So, so let's go ahead and get into it, shall we? Yes. So like yeah, I said, this episode is called um, The Goldfish Problem. Our main characters we see is Stephen Grant, Donna, Harley, the street performer, JB, the security guard, and Arthur Harrow. So, um, who wants to dive into the show first and kind of talk us through it? It's all still fresh in my mind. I don't know that I could give you a full play-by-play. I can give you some of my hot takes coming from it. You know, wait, wait, wait. I forgot that's the way we're doing this anymore. Oh, crap. We are, aren't we? Yeah. <laughs> I forgot it as well. It's been so long since we've done this. Gentlemen, <laughs> it's time for the Fantastic Four takeaways. Number four. Go ahead, Eric. Um, tonight's I all have tonight's been brought to you by the letter improv. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this show is this show is definitely less scripted than an Oscar sketch. <laughs> oh slap. Uh yeah. So my my only real issue the the when I say issue the I mean the part that I don't really like about this episode is the voice of Khonshu. Okay. Now he has I love the attitude. Mm-hmm. I love the attitude. He's like Gordon Ramsay in somebody's head. <laughs> And I do like that they were able to pull F. Murray Abraham as the voice. Yes. Because because I will I don't care what he plays, he will always be Salieri from Amadeus to me. Mm-hmm. But I I would have liked for the voice of Khonshu to sound more Egyptian or at least more mm-hmm. Middle Eastern. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And so, my the, I was just sitting there, sitting here watching this, and I was like, you know who I would love to hear doing the voice of Conchu, Oded Fair. Oh, oh dude, yeah, yeah, from the Mummy. Good call. Because when he was doing that narration at the beginning of the first movie, mm-hmm. I mean, you you get him a little bit more menacing, a little bit more Gordon Ramsay attitude mm-hmm. yes i think he would have done fantastic yeah so that's my first takeaway okay. Hi, i i loved how trippy it was like you know the that the fact that steven is losing entire days you know, and you know, but then he finds out that he's actually having full-on conversations with people that he can't remember, and you know, he he's asking w- well, women out on dates that he normally that that as Stephen he wouldn't do it. You know, um, yeah, you know, the j- just the sheer trippiness of like you're on this ride and then you're in another country getting shot at. <laughs> you know, and then you know you're you know he he's back in his in his flat, and then all of a sudden he's he's got a new goldfish. I I just um I really love that part, huh? Oh, and the and blender, blender. yeah. <laughs> I I I loved how just when you think you know where you are, 
you're someplace else. Right. I, I, I like that about this episode. For me, fourth takeaway was um, no matter what, whether it was Mark or Steven, anytime he wakes up in the bed, just tape on the door mm-hmm. and the chain around the ankle. Mm-hmm. So it's like they both know once they're in the bedroom, this is the procedure that needs to be done. Mm-hmm. And then the sand around the bed. I wasn't sure what the purpose was of the sand around the bed. I mean, I understand salt. No, it's to see if he's been walking. Gotcha. Yeah. Because if you notice, before he goes to bed, he fills up the footprint with sand. Mm-hmm. I remember that now, yes. Yeah. So, yeah, that's what that's, what that's there for. Okay. Number three. Whoever wants to go next. Uh, I I will I because this is something that I I'm really excited about is that this is Marvel's first character that does not live the superhero life twenty four seven. If you think about it, like the Avengers, they they live that life twenty four seven. They they it, it's no secret who they are, what they do. This is the first time we have a we have a character who, for at least as far as to a certain degree as the as us as the audience, we have a somebody who is an average Joe, who isn't aware of their life as a costume vigilante, a celestial being, well, no, whatever you want to call it. Uh, okay, I was about to disagree with you right up to the point where you said he doesn't know. Right. Because, but, you know, you're, the Defenders, uh, all the Netflix characters, they yes. did not really live superhero lives. But No. Right, they, they didn't, but they were still, they were aware, you know. Yeah. 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 But so this one, in this case, like, and on top of that, there's consequences that he doesn't even understand to uh, in his life because of what's going on. Um, And I like that, that, that I think that's something that's fresh that could be called a superhero trope, but it's something that we have not seen in any of the Marvel movies or tv shows until now thankfully yeah okay for my third takeaway i'm gonna piggyback on what you said last time around kylan mm-hmm. um, i like the fact that we're only seeing steven's perspective mm-hmm. yeah i mean if Yes, it makes it feel more disjointed because we don't we don't know everything that's happening. You know, where he blacks out and all you know, he's being surrounded and he blacks out, and the next thing you know, he's killed everybody around him. Right. Or, you know, he he's driving a cupcake truck and suddenly he's holding a gun and there's a corpse in the back. Right. If you had basically just watched the whole thing unfold and Oscar Isaac basically playing Stephen one moment and then switching to Mark the next and you see all that it would not it have been confusing but in a whole different way right and it would not have been as believable I don't think I don't think so no because just seeing it from Steven's perspective, it, it makes it, I don't want to say more powerful, but you, you begin to identify you know, or at least feel sympathy for Steven mm-hmm. because he has no idea what's going on. Right. He doesn't know why, you know, why he has the scarab and all these Amit persons are after him. Right. And he doesn't know why he's losing days and he doesn't know. He doesn't deserve to get dumped by, you know, the prospective girlfriend, but he is. 
Right. Right. So it's almost like being dragged along on an adventure that you have no idea where you're going or what you're doing or who you're going with. Right. There's a little there's a little bit of Bilbo Baggins and a little bit of I'm being kidnapped. Help. Yeah. And that's that like you guys have said, this is something we have not seen in the MCU. No, so. it, you know, it, it it's it, it it's I like but isn't it kind of frustrating because you're like in a in a way I, I get the same feeling that I got from the born identity. At, I see that because you uh, like, especially like at, at the very beginning, you know, he's he's um, he doesn't remember. He doesn't know who he is. He doesn't remember anything about his life. But the first time you see him, well, the first time you see him, he's losing his memory, but. And but then like you know he's getting attacked and all of a sudden he's handing out beatdowns like they're Girl Scout cookies and he doesn't know how he did that he doesn't know how he got those skills. Um, the difference is, you know, Jason Bourne is awake when all, he's aware to a certain degree of what's going on, whereas. There, it's like a tag match in his head. You know, Stephen blacks out, then he comes back, and then it's, and you're like, you feel lost. Like, you know, you're a little bit more in on what's going on because right. you're the yeah. all knowing audience. But I could not imagine what it would be like to be in that situation. You're, you know, you're surrounded by people, you check out, you come back, and they're all laid, laid around you in a bloody mess. Yeah, I would imagine it, it's frustrating, it's terrifying, especially when you feel like you can't – there's almost a, such a nightmare on, on Elm Street because yes. you're almost afraid to go to sleep mm -hmm. because you're scared of what, might, what you might find on the other side of it. Right. So – and I think that's going to be frustrating for some viewers – of the series because you're used to being the all-knowing audience. Mm -hmm. You're supposed to know, well, this is what happened when Steven blacked out. Right. But you don't. No. You're just as in the dark, no pun intended, as he is. <laughs> that, that just makes for an interesting storytelling. No. It is definitely the road less traveled in the superhero genre. Mm -hmm. For me, number three um, was finally with the everything we thought was doom mm -hmm. or leading towards doom. Mm -hmm. We finally get clear enough pictures. We finally see what the van is. It's a pastry van. Right. <laughs> yeah. He's on a high-speed chase in a pastry van in the Alps. Right. And the enemies are getting creamed. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> hey. I, I had to. There you go. Yeah. I had to. They're definitely not cream puff competition. No, they're not. Uh, seemed like they're a bunch of cupcakes. They used cupcakes already. Right. <laughs> so moving right along number two hmm well colin's gone first i've gone first mike why don't you go first on this one there you go first time we see steven walking through the museum qr code that's on the wall mm -hmm. if you scan it, it takes you to werewolf by night number 32 it does. It does. The one where he shows up. Yep. <laughs> That's a nice Easter egg. I saw the QR. I'm at that stage. If I could get, if I could get QR codes out of a show and get them to work, mm -hmm. I try. Right. Got werewolf by night. 
Sweet. This is the one that was written by Doug Moynich and penciled by Don Perlin. Mm-hmm. So, and Moynich and Don Perlin are credited as the creators of Mark Spector slash Moon Knight. Nice. Cool. So, that's my number two. Uh, so whoever wants to go next. You need a moment, Kylan? I I th- I got one. I got it. Okay, um, go for it. I, I I love the mirror work. Like yeah. You notice like like it, any scene where there's a mirror, I I I'm looking to see if you see Mark doing anything within that mirror and and, and from scene to scene you get those moments Uh, you will get where Mark is standing still and Steven just continues walking or you might get a flash what looks to be maybe Khonshu you know you get these, these these little bits of this other world but I don't know if 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 what you're seeing is indicative of what's going on in Steven's head, or if this is to a certain degree what is actually in the known world, but only Steven it's only for Steven to see, you know? Yeah. Well, I mean, we've watched Evil Dead enough times to know you watch a mirror in anything resembling a horror genre. Mm-hmm. Because the 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 other person in the mirror trope is tried and true. That is not to say that it is um, it, it's tired. Not to say that it is um, hokey, but it still is a it, it's a good way to convey that something's wrong, and it may right. just be in somebody's head. So yeah, I like that too. So we move right along. Well, I haven't done mine yet. I thought you were agreeing. So I, I was in agreement with with Kylan's because right. I thought that was a good one. <laughs> uh, my number two takeaway is the arguments. <laughs> the arguments where Conchu and Mark are arguing in Stephen's head. Yes. And I have made the Gordon Ramsay analogy already, but mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's kind of like Gordon Ramsay or Dr. House or just or, or Scar from The Lion King. I'm sure. surrounded by idiots. Well, I, yes. think, I think it's fun, too, how they also yell at Steven, both of them. Yeah. Really? You threw the gun? <laughs> well i know that I, yeah not just yelling at him at him but yelling about him yeah it's like oh no the idiot's in charge <laughs> I know, like, I'm, I'm like oh i mean it's it's almost like you've got statler and waldorf following you around yeah yes very much so Okay, that's my number two takeaway. Alrighty. Number one. Who wants to start this one off? In technical difficulties again? Uh, we are good again. Okay. So, um, number one. Okay. All right. Well, this for me is actually probably more of a question than anything else. But who is Steven talking to? If if what we if we know that the Steven that we know is not quote unquote real, is he really talking to somebody on the phone? Or is this another conversation that's going on in his head, but he's holding on he, he's holding on to the phone, you know, like like the you know, to make it look like that there's actual conversation there. And that, like, he believes the conversation is going on, but is it really going on? You know what I mean? Right. Are you talking about when he calls his mom? Yeah. That's a very good question. Like, I, cause I'm like, I don't, 
is he really talking to his mom? Because, I mean, like, even the person that, when he picked up Mark's phone, and the uh-huh. person said, what's with the accent? Yeah. So. Well, we know that person is is named Layla. Right. At least that's right. the name that's in there in the phone. I, that's a very good question. I mean, is because he's never talking to his mother. No, he's leaving a voicemail. Right. Right. That's a very good question. I mean, is that conversation actually going on? Is he actually leaving a voicemail for somebody? Right. Is it or is it like almost like one of his other personalities is making him or makes him believe he's talking to his mom or leaving a voicemail for his mom. Yes. As a way of, I don't know, recording his daily activities. Because when he's leaving the voicemail, he's saying like, you know, this is what happened today. And, you know, this is the girl that I'm supposed to go out to dinner with and, and so on and so forth. Right. Of course, he's not exactly being honest, you know, after she, after she says, lose my number and hangs up, (laughs) he's pretending everything's going on. I mean, is that, is that like a, is that a command, a a subliminal command by one of his other personalities? Is it him? um, I I had a thought there, but it's just kind of. It's just kind of evaporated there. It's like, right? Is is the mother a figment of his own imagination? Right. True. Well, but let's also look too. You know, phone call. You know, he's at the restaurant. Like, uh, where are you? She goes, I already had the steak, but it's Friday. No, it's Sunday. And again, another scenario. Lose my number. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, you know, and. You know, he, he's legit clueless about losing time. Yeah. You know, and I don't know if he even, he, it like, it's almost like he's not even, he has all these safeguards in place for, to make sure that he's not sleepwalking or leaving the apartment when he's asleep or whatever. But he still can't account for the missing days. It's not just missing hours. It's missing Missing days. days. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, Kyle, you gave your number one? Uh, I thought that was your number one. That was my number one. Yeah. Eric. Um, I'm interested to, I'm interested in finding out more about this, this Arthur guy. Mm Mm-hmm. Because the whole part, the the whole ritual of breaking a glass and putting broken glass in his shoes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I I get the the it's it's basically self flagellation. Yes, where you know it's like, and that's this is a part of many religions, you know, globally, where. Your pain brings you closer to your God. Right. I don't recognize this guy from any of the comics, though I admit I've not read all of the Moon Knight stuff. Right. So I'm curious as how this is going to play out, especially with with Amit being portrayed here in in his eyes as a god of justice. Mm. Um which is kind of like there, there's a strong minority report vibe here, where where Arthur says, you know, she, you know, she gets, she's gotten tired of waiting for people to do evil. Right. She knows mm-hmm. you're going to commit a crime, but doesn't wait, doesn't want to wait for you to actually do it. Right. Right. So the minority report. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I was going to. Piggyback off yours for my number one, Arthur Harrow, Ethan Hawke. Amazing casting for this character. Yeah. I don't I don't think there could have been anyone else 
better for the role. Well, casting has been such a strong point for Marvel Studios mm-hmm. over yeah. the years. Yes, it has. I mean, he reminds me of kind of like a a younger um, Willem Dafoe. Yep. Yes. And he 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 does kind of he does pull this this vibe off very well. I agree. Mm-hmm. With yeah. I, I I agree. You know, there there's some there's some actors where you. You almost learn to accept them in a role. But Ethan Hawke, like you forget that's Ethan Hawke and you that the the character comes through. And at the same time, you can see this guy. You can see him as this. I don't know if you want to call him a cult leader or what you wherever it is that you want to call him, but it fits it, it, there, there's no there's no need for me to squint and maybe change the way I view the world a little bit and it, it fits and you could already see down the road that he him and Moon Knight are going to come to come to heads and it's going to be epic and I'll, I'll just do this this harken back that scene in the village where Mark pulls the hood over his head mm-hmm. the white hood which is supposed to you know to to relate to Moon Knight's white hood mm-hmm. but with the color of his jacket mm-hmm. I was getting some very strong Assassin's Creed vibes there. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And when you think about Arthur and Mark, you know, Arthur and Moon Knight, that dynamic, the more I think about it, the more I'm getting Assassin's Creed vibes off that. Like Moon Knight represents the assassins and Arthur's uh, representing the Templar. Yeah. Right. Dad gummit, now I gotta go and play this. <laughs> <laughs> I just so I cause I just finished I finished two because mm-hmm. I, I have Ezio's I have the e- Ezio's collection, right? Yeah. So yeah. I, I finished two and I was gonna wait a minute before I got into the next one, but now dad gummit <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, I think I think there's a good bit of Assassin's Creed vibe in there as well. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It'll be interesting to see if they run with that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, not purposefully, but you just see that they have good intentions, but they're going to enforce order. Yes. Right. So, um, any final thoughts, guys? Please welcome. I, I, I I'm um, I'm counting down. I'm counting down for the next for for next Wednesday. Uh, you know it's you know it, it goes it goes with my comic book day. So you know I got my com- <laughs> I go get my comics. Now then I you know get my Moon Knight on. So hey, I'm already counting down. I might I might have to rewatch this first one again though. Yeah. Yeah. I think there's a lot to take in that a second viewing would help. What I'm looking forward to now, and I don't know that we'll get it, but I'd love to see it, is basically some sort of, well, my grandparents would have, my grandmother would have called it a come to Jesus meeting Mm -hmm. between Stephen, Mark, and Conchu. Oh, that's going to be so awesome. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, Okay, because if if you remember, I keep harkening back to this this run, to Peter David's run on the Incredible Hulk, where basically Bruce was able to merge all of his personalities: Green mm-hmm. Hulk, Gray Hulk, Banner, all together, basically by going under hypnosis and the three of them talking, right. 
the three of them pretty much in a room that represents Banner's mind. Mm-hmm. Right. I would love to see a a scene like that. Mm-hmm. And I'm not saying not saying to merge all the personalities together. And you know, maybe by the time this happens, we get Mr. Knight and we get Jake. So you have all five of them sitting there with Conchu. And even if they don't merge, they at least get some understanding right as to what all's going on right uh, steven at least gets answers you know why am i losing days yeah mm-hmm. you know what the sam scratch is going on yeah because i think he would still not like it he was still not like being you know mark specter's meat puppet for lack of a better word but at least knowing that's got to be better than not knowing. Yeah, yeah. Right. So rather than, oh my God, I woke up, I missed two days. How did I miss two days? You'd be like, you wake up, it's two days later. Oh, crap. Mark ran off to the Alps, didn't he? <laughs> so, well, I've got nothing else. Kylan, you? No, I'm, no, I, I'm good. Uh, Thursday, if you would, please. All wrapped up here, sir. Will there be... So I cut her off. I forgot I can't change... That's rude. I know. All times that she's been rude to us in the past. Are I'm you being a schwaffle right now, Mike? I'm being a schwaffle. Because <laughs> I tried to jump ahead thinking that the drop was going to continue playing, and it didn't continue playing. Because <laughs> I changed banks. <laughs> um, but on that note, it's it's time to go dark.